Space Junkies, and welcome to episode 108 of What a Piece of Junk, the Star Wars podcast here on the Fandom Podcast Network. I am your host, Scott Botman, and joining me is my original co-pilot for the podcast, Mr. Derek Marsh. Derek, welcome back to the Drunken Gungan. It's a busy place around here these days. It is. Uh, we had last weekend was, like I said, nobody in the galaxy because they were all watching some silly sports game. And that's right. We, we got the perfect parking spot after we finished that episode before we hit the bar. Uh, and then it was smooth sailing to get out. So I don't know. And we also made sure that nobody stole the drunken gun gun while we were hanging out at the bar because what a rookie mistake. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, uh, no joke. I mean, speaking. You at least put the locks on a little bit better than what they, you know, the Marauder has, apparently. That's right. And speaking of rookies, it's non-rookie, Mr. Dave Filcloni, Mr. Miracle, the gooey, chewy, man of a thousand nicknames, Nathan Miracle. You know, I'm closer to a Wookiee than a rookie. That's right. That's right. And you we're glad. Rookie. I don't know. Yes, and, and we're glad because when we go on a little gallivant away from the landed drunken Gungan, we put Nathan in charge of security and nobody steals it. It's definitely not because the ship looks like a piece of junk and nobody wants to steal it. Totally not what the reason is. In a totally unrelated note, uh, I've got a couple arms to give you. No big uh, deal. Don't ask where they came from. Okay, well, I mean, I mean let's be honest. In all honesty, we probably want somebody to steal it because we could get more money out of the insurance policy. Wait, we're uh, supposed to have insurance on this ship? Well, I'm sure. I'm assuming Kyle's got it on the ship, right? I mean, does he have it on the Fandom Podcast Network property? I think that we got Good this. Good news, everyone. <laughs> I just made a bunch of money on my insurance claim. <laughs> we got this ship. Because it's the one that he no longer bothers to insure. Oh, other uh, other podcasts. We got the hand-me-downs. That's right. Yes. Okay. Well, anyway, welcome aboard, everyone. On this episode of What a Piece of Junk, we're going to be discussing, in case you haven't figured it out already, the Bad Batch episode, The Crossing, where uh, Hunter and the boys uh, get their ship stolen because Wrecker is not a Story good plot. security guard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, really, that's about all we have to discuss on this episode, because we're sort of saving up all of our mojo to get ready for next week when we have the series premiere of season three of The Mandalorian, and we're all just drooling with anticipation. Or at least I know I am. You guys excited about Mando season three? What's what's a Mando? What's a Mando? Why is his why does the, why is his stormtrooper armor all shiny? We call him Din Jarn around here. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Because I mean, they were the first name. ones to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's his name. Yep. Anywho, okay, well, let's jump right into it for the crossing. Uh, and Derek, we'll start with you here. What was your favorite thing about this episode of the Bad Batch? So this episode is obviously, at least I feel, is not tied to the overall story line of what we're who knows at this point because as we mentioned at the end of the last last uh a couple episodes it felt like uh <laughs> what's gonna happen right i mean when they got rid of rampart and you know who's the main villain what's the main story plot i mean we're assuming it's focusing on clones besides the bad batch and, and what's gonna happen with them but uh but no i i appreciate this episode because i felt like it was some really good character development um it was a really good relationship with omega um and 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 uh tech 
and really just gave an opportunity for us to actually get to know tech a little bit better again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really appreciate mm -hmm. that. Um, but you could understand where he's coming from um, and, and Omega. It would have been great if they would have got to flush it out a little bit better because um, I thought it was really going, but obviously they have to fit it in a 20 some minute episode. Um, but overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good character development. It really, you know, trying to deal with a kid character, right? And the issues that they have to deal with coming of age and their family, you know, the things are, you know, kind of related to some kids out there, like when families fall apart, right? Um, and, and stuff like that. So I thought it was a good episode for that, for, you know, especially for kids, like I said, that might be going through something similar. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm going to jump in and do my favorite thing uh, real quick because it sort of piggybacks on yours. I loved the character development for Tech and him basically explaining to Omega, I do feel things just because I don't feel them the same way that you do. I do feel them. So my son, Matthew, is autistic. He's pretty, pretty high on the spectrum uh, for functional autistic. Um, but, you know, he still has his moments where we're just all kind of like, what? And I very much can see my son in Tech. Uh, I think Tech might be an autistic clone, if you will. And he uh, he has that same response sometimes, uh, Matthew does, that, you know, just because I don't feel things the way that you do doesn't mean I don't feel things, right? I'm not I'm not a robot, you know? Um, and Tech is the same way here with Omega. She's very upset about their family breaking up and losing their home when the Marauder gets stolen. Um, and he doesn't respond in the same way, but he tries to explain to her that doesn't mean I'm not feeling anything i'm not responding uh i really enjoyed that part um and i guess part b of uh my favorite part um i was in i was glad that the ipsium was present in the mine because the little glow effect helped me to see more stuff because once again we're underground in a shadowy zone and i'm like do we have to spend all of our time in caves i mean if this were a live action show i could understand wanting to save on budget by keeping it all contained and tight and dark but you're animating this draw some sunshine for goodness sake feloni and not just that you think by now they've actually would have brought something that was a bit better like a bigger flashlight yeah, they've been underground or in some horrible warehouse in the middle of the night in darkness so many times. Anywho. All right, Nathan, what was your favorite thing about this episode? All right, well, I am going to go with a sort of um, meta thing, not a particular happening in the episode, but just the fact that this episode was about the Bad Batch. I think, you know, e even though this episode may be kind of a side quest, it wasn't the same as with uh, tech racing or when they went and found the, the ancient uh, weapon of mass destruction with those episodes, it really could have been anybody, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, it could have been anybody who's a good pilot flying the, the pod, you know, it could have been any group of special forces going and finding or smugglers or wh whoever uh, going to find this ancient thing this episode really focused on the group and their dynamics and how they interact with each other and how they respond to things, uh, particularly with uh, tech, but also with Wrecker and with Omega um, and a little bit with, with Hunter too, but not quite as much as the others. Right. Uh, but you know, it, it mattered that it was them in this episode. It, it was much more character driven than, um, side quests driven. I mean, they, it's not that they didn't have a quest, but it wasn't about the quest. It was about them. You can and definitely think, feel the tension in it, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what has been kind of missing from the other side quest episodes. Um, that it's, yeah, they, they're kind of interesting, but it doesn't matter that much that it's the Bad Batch, whereas in this one it did. Yeah, yeah, totally. Good, 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 good observation there. I, I hadn't thought about that, but yes, this is one of the first stories in a while where it's important that it's these clones and it's their personalities, you know. Yeah, it was their relationships. And really you're starting to see, you know, it was interesting to see when you, we've been talking about it, right? Now that Echo has left, how are the others feeling about it, right? And, you know, we got to see a bit focused with tech, but you could definitely see that it was still wearing on Hunter and Wrecker, right? And and their relationship. Um, because now technically it's the second one that's left that, right? Because we've got mm -hmm. crosshairs and then we've had Echo. They've all, you know, and I do appreciate the way they're saying it. it's like you have to respect the other person's path, even though you may not agree with it. Um, but I thought that was, you know, really well the way they adapted it, just like, you know, many of the other stories within Star Wars. So, yeah, totally. Okay. Well, Derek, we'll stick with you for question two. What did you dislike about this episode? The stupidity of the Bad Batch. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so two things, two things, right? The first thing is, again, because we said they've gone on many missions and apparently don't bring flashlights. So I guess there's three things. Um, but the, the, so the, exactly it, right? How do they get the Marauder stolen? So I get that they can't land for whatever reason, right? They can't land close by, but they can still land on the cliff. Um, but it's like they leave Wrecker in charge of it, but they know he's the worst of it. But yet, didn't they say they needed Wrecker's strength, but then they call Omega? And I'm like, okay, so what's the point here? Like, why didn't you have, and I get it because, you know, they wanted Omega to get it because she was tiny, I guess, to fit up there. Um, but I still feel like Tech and Hunter could have easily done the first first time, right? Now, obviously, what Omega found and having to crawl in there and stuff like that, only she would have done it. But uh, But really, the biggest thing, though, for me was, what did they end up doing to escape the storm? They went into a mine shaft. Why didn't they just stay in the mine shaft the first one they were at? Like you would have thought they'd been like, "Oh, there's a storm coming. Let's just stay here for a couple of hours until it passes." And it's like, "No, let's try to outrun it." It's like, "What?" <laughs> so again, just I, I get it. It's the premise of the story, and it's got to drive and all that stuff. But it just to me, common sense would have been like, "Hey, let's just stay here. We would be fine, and then let's you know get out of the storm afterwards." I think a couple of times they did mention that the storm was very erratic and it kept changing directions on them. So I think the first time around when the, so the, the Marauder gets stolen and Hunter is like, okay, well, the nearest town is 40 clicks away. We better start walking. And at that point in time, the storm was going away from them, but then it changed directions and started chasing them after they had seen the stampede because the, 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 the wildebeests or whatever they are, obviously naturally preternaturally knew the storm was going to come that way somehow. But I thought, no, I thought when they first arrived, the storm changed paths. But when they were leaving, that's when the storm was coming towards them. And that's why they needed to go to the town as well. Because oh, when, they they the landed, town when they first they landed, when they first landed, find a ship. So I thought, I thought well, when they, they first landed, they said that the storm looked like it was coming, but it was changing paths. And then when they were finally ready to leave is when they noticed the storm was starting to come back their way. Yeah, they, they were trying to get to the town to either get a ship or to contact somebody who could, you know, come pick them up. Um, but yeah, like Derek mentioned, when they needed to go to the town, the storm had shifted and they at a minimum knew it was a possibity that it was going to shift into that path, even if they didn't 
know specifically that it was going to go that way. But you know, I, I figured the, the reason the wildebeests uh, ran down there was because uh, Scar sent some hyenas to chase them. Well, I thought it was no, going to be a T Rex afterwards. Uh, you know, no, you know what's great is the the bed match also suffered from not being able to be prepared. That's true. <laughs> they were not prepared at all. So what you're saying yeah. is the bad batch would have failed Boy Scouts. They would have. They, they, they would have. <laughs> and uh, if we could keep going with the geek references, Illidan would be proud of them because you, you are, are not prepared. prepared. Yes. yes. <laughs> Storm okay. rage, anyway. storm, storm rage on them, right? So there you go. That's it. So. Yes. Oh, yeah, see, yeah. It's coming together. <laughs> Wait, no, it's not. Um, okay, uh, Nathan, what did you dislike most about this episode? All right. So, Ipsium. It's basically coaxium. It, it it glows just like coaxium does. It explodes just like coaxium does, and that's really all it did in this episode. Why did we need to add this new mineral to? Star Wars when we had a perfectly good option of its coaxium. Coaxium is valuable too, so it would make sense as to why they would be going to mine it. We know coaxium is unstable, so it would make sense as to why they have to extract it in this certain way that keeps it more stable uh, and why it would just blow up if some wildebeest stomped on it. Uh, so, yeah, I, the, the whole time I kept questioning, like, what, what is it about this Ipsium? that it it needs to be something other than coaxium and yeah. that answer just never came science <laughs> i mean we can we, we can nerd cast or spitball plenty of answers uh <laughs> you know land land vehicles or non-spaceships run on ipsium spaceships run on coaxium or ipsium is like the um dirty cousin it's the kerosene to coaxium's gasoline you know yeah, one's something oil, like one's that coal. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, there's there's plenty of possibilities, but but, but the, the episode told us, they didn't tell that. us that. Right, yeah. Yeah. And and from a storytelling standpoint, there wasn't a reason to make it different. But maybe yeah, we'll so, find out in the next episode. Uh, maybe maybe so. we will. Yeah. I I kinda hope we do. On one hand, on the other hand, I, I kinda hope it just gets dropped and it's just a oh yeah, it, it's a, some alternative fuel and it didn't really matter. This is the E85 ethanol of the Star Wars universe. It's made out it of was corn. kind of yellow like corn. <laughs> true, true. So. All right, well, for me, my least favorite part of the episode was uh, kind of already mentioned, but record letting the ship get stolen. Actually, the ship being stealable in the first place. Do, do starships not have locks on the doors? Um, was there no access code happening on the Marauder? Well, it apparently you can just keys. go to the back panel on the back there and just, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, they left the keys in the ignition. I, I guess they hot wired it from the, the back. engine on idle. <laughs> and the guy, the and the guy was, unlocked. yeah, and the guy was able to uh, take off the tracking beacon from it too because they couldn't track it. Yeah, yeah, that that was not great and. Why did you have uh, Wrecker as the lookout instead of Hunter, the guy who can literally hear the moment? Yeah. It, uh, Mr. I have heightened senses, but I'm going to go in this cave that, again, is all dark um, and not be able to, you know, see the Marauder yes. getting stolen. Uh, one funny thing is, you know, I watched this episode twice. Uh, the first time I watched it, 
uh, I, it was on my television here, which actually run through the computer. So I streamed Disney plus that way. And I heard the engine when, uh, when Hunter turned around and reacted. Yep. Uh, the second time I was at my girlfriend's house and I did not hear the engine before Hunter turned around. Huh. Um, so I wasn't sure if that's just like quality of speaker or what's going on there, but surround sound. It's definitely not surround sound at my house. <laughs> Maybe that Dolby, Dolby Digital DX, <laughs> DHX. But I, I just thought it was interesting because that means that I'm sure for some viewers out there, they heard it, and for other viewers, they didn't. And how do, how does it make Hunter look different in each case? <laughs> because the first time I saw it, I'm like, well, Tech Wrecker and Omega just you know they're standing around not paying attention because I clearly heard the engine. Yeah. Hmm. I'll have to check on that. I'll have to see if I can figure, if I notice hearing the engine or not. On I heard TV. it. I heard it. So you're not crazy, Nathan. Well, not for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless in the, the 24 hours or the 48 hour difference of when you watch the, these two, the, the episodes, uh, they removed they, it. They, they did. <laughs> Take blue jean guy out pretty quickly, but no, yeah. I, I watched it twice on Wednesday, so they would have had to have taken out between like lunchtime Wednesday and like seven o'clock Wednesday. Okay, and I'm not enough. sure there's anybody out there who cares enough about Bad Batch episodes for them to be all like, Oh, wait, we need to fix that, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, well, okay, all right, well, time for question number three. Uh, Nathan, we'll let you go first this time. What connections did you draw to the rest of the Star Wars galaxy? All right, well, for the last few episodes, we've been talking about how you know, we could just fill up the entire podcast with this question. It, not, <clears throat> not this time. <laughs> there, there's not that much. I mean, even the one thing that I thought, ooh, this will be a cool connection, turned out to be Ipsium instead of Coaxium. Um, I, I have to admit, part of the reason that's my least favorite part of the episode is that was going to be the answer to this question, but it was yep. a different mineral. Uh, so the only thing I have is a hypothetical. I think the guy who stole the ship might be part of Hondo Onaka's crew. I think it's oh. Hondo. Oh, it, that it, would be cool. It could be. Um, but that is speculation. Yep. The only thing that I have to support that is it kind of looks like him. Yep. I'm with you. I thought the same thing. I'm like, those dreads are fake in the back there. So that's all part of his disguise. Mm -hmm. Because for some reason, he needs to be disguised when he's stealing the ship of the Bad Batch. I, I don't know. Anyway, Derek, well, yeah, uh, he, he thought he was going to have to sneak in. He didn't realize the door would just be open. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Derek, what connections did you draw? Speaking to of doors, course? the vault door. Oh, yeah. It looked just like the same one we've seen in Andor. Um, it looked like all the other ones that, you know, it was, so that was the one that uh, really got me was the way the vault door and it's, you know, obviously everything's circle and, and it's just, mm -hmm. you know, the way they were able to keep at it and open it and it just looks so similar to everything else. So, um, and then obviously, yeah, it was going to be the Ipsium and coaxium, everything's, you know, ism, um, and in relation to fuel. Um, and then the, uh, <clears throat> um, I was trying to think cause We've seen a couple of things um, before, and really, I was just trying to see like, were those elk creatures anything? I was surprised you didn't it, um, you didn't call it out, Nathan. So I'm guessing that was first time seeing those. I, I think creatures. they're just native to that planet. 
Yeah, okay. Because I was saying, if, it if they like, are something, I didn't recognize them. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was something we've seen in Rebels before, like on Lothal. Um, they looked a little similar, but I didn't don't have the memory to go back and. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I think they were legitimately just trying to make a call out to the Lion yeah. King. Yeah. 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 Good. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So. Okay. For me, um, the big connection out there, because as Nathan said, there weren't many, but the big connection was the whole hologram network. So they were finally able to get a call through to Sid, and Sid was projecting. You know, we we often see them talking to people in the Bad Batch. We see them on view screens. We don't see a whole lot of um, holograms. Um, I mean, we do occasionally see a hologram like of Rex or somebody. Um, but uh, in this case, it was cool to see a hologram Sid. And then she just sort of hung him out to dry. Thanks a lot, Sid. Looks like that dude at the pod racing episode who was all like, she's going to turn on you. Might have been right. I mean, she didn't necessarily turn on them because she's not trying to harm them. But her inaction, or rather... I'm too busy doing other stuff right now, boys. You're just gonna have to hang tight. Meant that they're they're kind of stuck. Well, and they uh, had and to then, pull that card out too to get her to do anything, don't even bite. Like, remember yeah. when we helped you? <laughs> yep, exactly. Like, I yeah, didn't need yeah. a recounting of everything. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, goggles. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, that was the only real connection, and of course that that communications array that was out there in that abandoned settlement. Um, was somewhat reminiscent of ones we've seen on Endor in Return of the Jedi or a few other uh, Star Wars locations that have some kind of, or even um, some of the little transmitter-looking things on the bottom of Cloud City in The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, it was vaguely reminiscent of those things because it's obviously that kind of Star Wars long-range communication technology, and dang, that thing must be powerful, or else they're really better at manipulating radio waves than we are here in the 21st century because... Just like one tower that looks a little bit shorter than a cell phone tower can transmit messages across light years in enough time that you can have like real-time conversation. But with most things in Star Wars, best not to think too hard about how that technology would have to work. Yeah, because uh, it, it can't be radio waves. Those are limited by the speed of light, mm -hmm. uh, which you know, when you're talking about multiple light years away, it would take multiple years to get there. So right. it's it's got to be something else, but... Yeah, don't. It, it's like Mystery Science Theater 3000. Don't worry about how he eats or breathes or any of those science facts. Just yep. relax. Yeah, yeah, it's just a show. And speaking of shows, uh, we're going to take a short break between questions here so that you guys can learn about other shows here on the FPN. Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. Here are the other great shows on the Fandom Podcast Network. Culture Clash, where we discuss the latest in entertainment and pop culture. Blood of Kings, our show covering the entire Highlander universe. Couch Potato Theater, we celebrate our favorite movies. And Time Warp, our fandom flashback show discussing a year in movies and our favorite retro movie, TV, and pop culture topics. Good evening, discussing all things Alfred Hitchcock. Hair Metal Podcast, we cover the rock metal music of the 80s and early 90s. Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast, discussing the time-traveling Doctor Who universe. Letha Mullet, an action film podcast, covering the 80s, 90s, and beyond. Also, check out the Letha Mullet Network for more great podcasts. What a Piece of Junk, our Star Wars podcast. Making Treks, a Star Trek podcast, with a deep dive into the final frontier. The Fandom Show, our Fandom Podcast Network live YouTube show discussing the hottest topics in fandom. 
the True Believers MCU podcast discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Television Universe, Union Federation, our Star Trek, and the Orville show. And we're proud to welcome the BQN Network to the Fandom Podcast Network. Please visit our friends on the BQN Network, a Star Trek Universe podcast that also includes your favorite topics, movies, history, superheroes, and more. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on YouTube. The Fandom Podcast Network is also on all major podcast platforms. The Fandom Podcast Network audio master feed is on Podbean at fpnet.podbean.com. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us at fandompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, respect others and enjoy your fandom. All right, great. Well, thank you so much, Kevin, for all that information. And uh, we will now continue our discussion of Star Wars The Bad Batch, The Crossing. Uh, and we've got question number four. What do you think happened to the townsfolk in the town where the Bad Batch end up? And I think that they all eventually had to evacuate because the storms just got too bad and too unpredictable uh, because it was a huge plot point that the Bad Batch was all like, Ooh, the storm's changing direction. It's coming back. And uh, Tech even makes sure to mention the weather patterns on this planet are super weird. So I think that's very much the case of what happened here. Too many hurricanes, so they all had to leave South Florida. Um, that's my uh, my answer to the question here. Derek, what do you think happened to these townsfolk? So I had to save this answer because um, we had been talking about it. So actually, what my whole point of what Ipsian is... Um, what I think is at this point is that coaxium has been discovered and ipsium is no longer desirable. So all the mining towns have left because it is now no longer sought after. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe that was a precursor to coaxium. Uh, and so it's kind of like comparing when you used to mine bra or mine uh, copper because brass was, you know, the bee's knees. But then later steel was discovered and now brass is no longer as valuable because then, you know, uh, bronze is not as yeah. important as it once was. So oh, I, like, I like that answer. Yeah. So it's not to say that it still doesn't have some value, right? But obviously that was kind of an abandoned or, or smaller town. It wasn't like some luxurious place, right, where they were having all this value and wealth and stuff, right, where it could slowly deteriorate. It's like as soon as the oil, you know, the well dries up and there's no wealth to it, nobody wants it, right? What happens? Those people move on. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, good answer, good answer. Metallurgy allegory, woohoo. All right, uh, Nathan, what do you think happened to these folks? Uh, well, I, I had a similar answer. I didn't think about the idea of uh, Ipsium becoming less valuable, but I figured they just mined all the easily accessible Ipsium, and then once the mines ran dry, left. Uh, it's like the old boom towns in the United States where uh, they, where people went out west searching for gold, you might oh. find some, a boom town pops up, but then if there's not much left around, um, the boom town goes away and you're left with all of these empty buildings. And this whole episode gave me kind of a Western feel to it. Mm -hmm. um, I think the music really helped with that. Um, but I feel like the boom town was supposed to be kind of a parallel or rather the uh, abandoned town was supposed to be a parallel to boom towns. Um, so, when I first yes. saw this planet and the the Bad Batch was getting ready to land on it, 
at uh, the way that the rocks were formed and all that stuff, I was thinking, is this Quill's planet from the Mandalorian? It was not, but mm -hmm. it vaguely resembled the planet where the Mandalorian found Grogu in the beginning of the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so, um, so I think uh, the reason that we still have Ipsium there is because Omega got to a spot that the miners either couldn't have gotten to or just didn't get to. And they thought all the Ipsium was gone. They were That's so why. close. So close. Well, yeah. well, I mean, she did have to break through a, a part of the wall that you know, most people would not have noticed that there was something on the other side. Of course, we were talking about how Ipsium still has a little value, which would mean that a large chunk of Ipsium would probably still you know, be a good profit. Well, if, if the guys can work it out with Sid... We saw them find enormous deposits at the bottom of that pool. I thought they... Sid would have been interested in it. Like she'd be like, yeah. "Oh yeah, let me send a caravan yeah, with they, a they refinery tank." They didn't mention that they found that. <laughs> well, again, the yeah. stupidity they, of the bad batch. Right? They need to get better at uh, leveraging their advantages there. So. It's you know, but the thing about it is they lack social skills because the cards that were bred for battle, and that's it. They non-tactical situations, so. Uh, they're missing social cues. Um, I mean, they're all a little bit autistic in a way in that they have zero social interaction ability. Yeah. But here's the thing that we really, I really hope that they go back because this is the missing part of the episode I think would have been really fun. Um, they said that Sid had bought the vault, right? Uh -huh. At the beginning. So really, I wanted to see that part because I'm imagining it's like a bunch of people in storage wars where they're going off and they're just seeing this, right? <laughs> So we needed like a Star Wars Storage Wars episode yes. fitting for this, this, you know, mine, you know, because all you see is the front door. You might know what's in, you know, when you open it up, you might see a picture of what's inside and that's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's now, see, really that, that brings up a question for me. Um, they went into a different mine to hide. So all the Ipsium that they actually got is someone else not from the mine that Sid So owns. maybe that's why they didn't tell Sid. <laughs> the maybe. Claim jumpers. <laughs> yes. Or city exactly. flickers. <laughs> Good times. Okay. All right. Question number five. What will happen in the next episode? Uh, because this is pretty much the definition of a cliffhanger. Uh, there are actual cliffs involved. Um, you know, so the Bad Batch is stranded on that planet. They're going to have to hang out for a while. Who knows how long before Sid's able to send a ship for them or they can get their Marauder back somehow. And the storm is bearing down on him, and it looks nasty. Um, so, yeah, uh, Derek, what's going to happen next episode? Uh, we're going to have them have to deal with the storm, and they're going to have to deal with pirates. Pirates, yes. You know, that that leads more heavily into the whole Hondo might show up thing. Yes, so and, I'm, I'm... and they're obviously going to have to get their ship back, because obviously the Bad Batch and Hondo will become friends, and he'll give them the ship back. Um, yeah. And then that'll, that'll make Omega happy, right? So she gets to feel something back home again and all that stuff. But yeah, that's what I'm guessing is going to happen in this episode. Okay, all right, I'm down for it. Uh, Nathan, what's going to happen in the next episode? Uh, well, I think nobody's going to come. They're going to uh, just hang out at the town. They're going to starve to death, and that'll be the end of the series. Well, I feel that I can categorically say that's wrong because <laughs> it's Wrecker has to Maybe yeah. Wrecker eats all the bones. Uh, no, uh, I, I do think that Derek has a great prediction, and that's along the lines of what I was going to predict. Um, so in order to have a different prediction, I'm going to say that uh, Tech will finish his mission and turn back on his communicator 
and then he will come back. But somehow, whatever mission he's on Echo. will follow him. Sorry. Yes, Echo uh, will come back. Uh, but whatever mission that he's actually on, whatever sensitive mission that is, will somehow follow him. And you know, he will save the, the Bad Batch in terms of getting them off the planet. But then they'll have to deal with whatever this other thing is. And then he'll leave I, again. So Omega will yeah. go through the whole trauma of... of or maybe uh, Echo, Echo will, will die and then Wrecker will have to go and replace him. Maybe. Uh, so here's my prediction as to what will happen next episode. Similar to what Nathan was... Are going to get retrieved. Although, spoiler alert, the title of episode uh, 10 is Retrieval. Um, <laughs> they, they will get retrieved. Uh, but... Um, it's not going to be Echo coming to help them. It's Commander Cody. And this is how we're going to bring him back around to show what happened to him when he left uh, mm. Rampart and them. When he got uh, shot. So Cody, Cody will show up. Well, no, that wasn't Cody. That was some other guy, right? The one that uh, got shot? But, yeah, the guy who got shot uh, is not um, Cody. Oh. Uh, that, w- that was the episode before Cody. And I'm trying to remember his name. It started with a W, and it, I'm blanking on it right now. Who got shot and fell off the waterfall? Um, right, that's what I'm trying to think of. Oh, Who got shot and fell off the thing? No, it wasn't Cody. Oh, no, okay. no, because that, that was in the the first pair of episodes. Yeah, it was at, at the, the end of episode end. two. Yeah, yeah, at the end of Royal. And then War. Cody showed up in episode three. Anywho, Cody is the one that's going to oh, come sorry. retrieve them because uh, they will somehow get the long range comms and uh, they will be able to talk to Rex. But he and and, and might and, and Echo might be involved. He might actually do fix the thing. And they talk to Echo and Rex, but they're much like Sid. We can't come get you right now. But and then Rex is all, "Don't worry, I know a guy. You need to make it for three more days or whatever it is." And then we have like a countdown episode of them, you know, barely surviving until a ship lands and out pops Commander Cody. Hey, uh, and so he's there to to save the day and submit his part of the rebellion. Um, uh, and so, yeah, Wilco, by the way, is the name of that clone. Wilco, that's right. Okay, great. Well, excellent discussion, as always, on this episode of The Bad Batch. Uh, We don't have a whole lot of Star Wars news this week, but we do have one thing that we want to tell listeners about. Uh, Derek, let folks know what we have planned for Mando Season 3 premiere. Yes, so just in case everybody knows, I do know what Mando is. but (laughs) And we know it's coming out Wednesday, March 1st, so it's going to be a big day, right? Because we're still going to be, obviously, continuing Bad Batch, unless if they're literally going to drop the rest of the whole second season. All I, on Wednesday, so yeah, we I, don't like so. yeah, I don't think so. I don't think I don't either. But, and also, but that is the happen. day that the uh, the Lego helmet sets are coming out. Yes, so big Star Wars Day this Wednesday. So, but well, anyways, next Wednesday. So, sorry, next Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. So March first will happen, and we'll have um, obviously the big premiere of Mando. Um, but unfortunately, all three of us have something to do in the evening. So. We are going to didn't move it to one day over, so that way you can watch it on your own, or you can hopefully wait 24 hours, spoiler-free. Just don't go on the internet. Good luck. Um, but <laughs> on Thursday at 8 Eastern, March 2nd, we will do, as we've done for the past two years, we will watch the season premiere of Mando Season 3, uh, a watch-along. So. Yep, and so we hope everybody that can will join us. We will obviously post the links and the whatnot, but keep your eye on the FPN YouTube channel uh, so you can check that out with us. All right, well, it's time for Derek's favorite part of the show. What Star Wars t-shirts are we wearing this week? And I'm going to jump the line and have myself go first this time. 
because I just found this uh, unpacking some stuff since I just recently moved, and it is, boom, my Bad Batch shirt that emulates the classic Queen album cover where you have the four heroic clones uh, hanging out as the floaty heads on a black background like they do on the Queen album cover. So the Bad Batch keeping the band back together, although at this point in time, it's slightly apocryphal because Echo is not hanging out with them as he once did. But I'm sure that he will be back. Nathan, what do you got on this week? All right. Well, I am wearing my Dave Filoni-inspired line art Ahsoka on a Loth Wolf. Uh, This shirt is awesome. It is from from Ahsoka's, not Ahsoka's, uh, Ashley Eckstein. Same person. Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah. yeah. It's from her universe. universe. Yes, that is the term. Yes, Uh, they they don't only have women's clothes. Uh, They do have more women's clothes than men's clothes, but um, they've got stuff for us guys too. Yeah, good times. Awesome looking. uh, Basically, a Filoni sketch. So that's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. All right, and Derek, what do you got? Uh, I'm not doing a t-shirt today because I wanted to change it up a little bit. Um, And I'm pretty positive I didn't show you guys this one yet. Um, I did show you the helmets for the Lego helmets that we did last week, but I wanted to show this one that I picked up. Ooh. Oh, this is oh, the wow. Dagobah Yoda's hut. Yes. This is the collector's edition for that one. Um, nice. I'm going yeah. to build. Um, now, here. I cannot say Yoda's hut without thinking, okay, two light side icons, zero Word? dark side icons. Yes. That's right. Or those pesky seagulls. <laughs> seagulls. Stop, Stop it, it now. now. <laughs> doo, doo. <laughs> I, that's, that's a beautiful lego set i should probably try to pick up a few more so that in my new game room at the dome home or the domicile <laughs> i'm going to uh, have my vader's castle lego set from mustafar sitting out there i should probably try to get a few other ones to to be companion pieces to that yep. well march 1st i'm going to the lego store so if you need me to pick something up let me know yeah, all right I mean, yep. not that I can't just order Legos off the internet, but you know. Yeah, who needs the internet? Well, if you guys He's out there want on the to internet. order something cool from the internet, you can get your own What a Piece of Junk t-shirt or mouse pad or coffee mug or any other piles of merch from our tpublic.com store for the FPN. Just head over to tpublic.com and search up Fandom Podcast Network. Uh, Nathan, let folks know where they can find the show out there on the interwebs. You can find our show pretty much anywhere you stream podcasts. So that's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, YouTube. You can also find us on Facebook, What a Piece of Junk, a Star Wars podcast. Or you can email us at whatapieceofjunkpod at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at whatwars. And on Instagram, you can get the entire Fandom Podcast Network at Fandom Podcast Network. Yeah, our names aren't necessarily the most creative, but they'll get you where you need to go. And Derek, tell us about those podcast reviews. So when you go to download this podcast episode or stream it, whatever platform you're doing it on, we'd appreciate you leaving a review. Obviously, you know, Apple or Google are pretty well known. Uh, as Nathan mentioned, you know, there's all the other ones out there as well. But we appreciate you leaving a review because then it obviously helps this show when people are searching for Star Wars or even just particular shows like The Bad Batch or the upcoming Mandalorian, then it helps us go higher in the queue so that people might see us, right? So when you think about Google and how it works, when you click in something and you're Google searching, you know, 
we're not obviously paying for an ad here, but we would be in the top 10 search if we get enough pings and enough likes, which would be really helpful. Because again, we're doing this for fun. We're doing this as, you know, passion because we enjoy Star Wars. We like talking about it and, and it really helps on those reviews. And again, if there's something that you want us to do better or something you want us to talk about, um, or if there's something, you know, out there that we could just, again, do better, let us know in the comments of those reviews. Obviously, five stars is better. Um, but if you want to give us one through five on whatever scale, then please do. Yep, absolutely. So once again, we want to thank everybody for joining us on this episode. And we want to thank you for all of your contributions to the show. And if you have feedback or any suggestions you want to give us, just hit us up between episodes. But please always remember to respect each other and always respect each other's fandom. All right, Nathan, punch it. Mm.